great of a football player as Will is, or Will was, he's an even better dude, and I'm excited to hear from him tonight. So please welcome with me, Will Bowden. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Look at that meathead. He is awesome. He's ready to eat a couple of cheeseburgers. Um, that was 50 pounds ago. Well, 40, probably 40. That's firm at 40. When I was with the Steelers, it got to 50. Um, and this is my family. I thought that was going to be at the end. I probably shouldn't look at that too long. I'll probably cry. Um, so, all right. So what goes next? Okay, cool. So I've, I've never used a clicker in a presentation, so y'all bear with me. So I just thought I'd share my testimony. I'm going to put this right here somewhere. Um, so I was born and raised in Greenville. Um, I'm going to try to speak quickly because I got like 20 minutes in that right, Ben? So why don't you, uh, you know, hold up a five or something when I'm getting close because um, I'll talk. Born and raised in Greenville, my idol was to play professionally fo professional football. Um, so it's the thing that I wanted more than anything. It, it, my heart was wrapped around it. My life was wrapped around it. To the, I mean, it was weird, like from birth. Like truly, my dad will tell you, I was the youngest of three boys. My dad, when I was five, if I, you know, fighting with mom and I'm not eating my broccoli or my green beans or whatever, he would say, hey man, if you want to be a professional football player, like Mike Singletary, who back, you probably don't even know his name. He was a Hall of Fame middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears, which was my favorite team. And um, he's like, Mike Singletary eats his green beans. He eats his broccoli. If you want to be like him, and I'd, I'd eat it. Like my dad would use that constantly. <clears throat> Good motivator for me. That was, that was my deal. And I would tell you, my, my, my parents, my friends' parents growing up would like laugh about the stories that I would tell about, oh, well, I mean, of course, I'll, I'll you know, one of my, going to soccer practice, one of the moms said one day a Ferrari pulled up next to the minivan, like, you know, nine boys hanging out of it going to soccer practice. And I was like, oh, Miss Banks, don't worry. Like, when I'm a professional football player, I'll probably have a couple of those. You know, I'll be rich, no big deal. Like, it was a driving factor in my life. Um, so I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Um, my, my parents, you know, awesome people, married for 50 years. I think they're belie they, are, they, they do profess Christ now, but we didn't, I didn't know where a Bible was if it was in our house. Um, so they did want me to go to church to be a, a good boy, you know, to be a good person. That's where you learn morals and, you know, but never was it any, you know, I, I, so long story short, uh, junior year in high school, so sophomore year in high school at Greenville High, um, I was starting on the varsity basketball team and, and football team. So I thought I was the man, right? I mean, I'm, all, all my friends are playing like JV and C team, and I'm starting on both the, the two sports. And, and so, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm on my mission to, to get to the NFL. And I went to a church um, in Greenville. And the only reason I went to this church was spend the night with my buddy. I would spend the night with him on Saturday nights because uh, his youth group had better looking girls in the youth group. So that's why I would want to, my parents didn't care. Hey, as long as you're going somewhere, that's fine. You know, we want you to learn some morals. And so I would, I would go with John and Towns to, to that uh, church. So I heard this my sophomore year in high school, Matthew 6, Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be added to you as well. And Im immediately it was like a lightning bolt. When I heard that, I thought, if I just seek Jesus, he'll make me a pro football player. Like that's how I deduced that verse. So what did I do? I, I got a Bible and I started reading a chapter of the Bible before I went to bed at night. Like that, my sophomore year in high school, that it was like a lightning bolt struck in my head. And it wasn't because I wanted to worship God or wanted to follow Jesus. I was trying to get Jesus wrapped around my idol. Hey, Jesus, you're my lucky rabbit foot. You know, you're my lucky charm that I'm going to get to be a pro football player. So, but the bottom line is I started reading the word. 
So then I heard other verses. This was one of the first verses I memorized. No temptation has seized you. This is a different version than the one I know, I think. Except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So it's about discipline. Like, hey, I, I'm tempted to do this and that, which would be bad for my football. And so I'm going to, this will help me have self-discipline. And God when, when you are tempted, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Like, so, hey, I don't have to fall into this temptation. I can, God, God, this, this is not too much for me. So it's more, more me focus, more, you know, obviously all football focus. All this stuff is truth, right? Like God is faithful. The temptation's not from him and temptation is not sin. Sin is when you fall into temptation. And if you'll go to him, it's not more than you can bear. Good. He will provide for you. All right. So uh, if y'all, you probably don't remember Evander Holyfield. Does anybody remember the name of Evander Holyfield? No. Okay. Yeah. He's retired from boxing like probably before y'all were even born. I, I, I saw a couple of hands up. So he was a Christian boxer who took out the big bad Mike Tyson. Y'all definitely heard of Mike Tyson, right? Baddest man on the planet. So he, Philippians 4.13, he had that on his um, on his belt, like his, his boxing shorts. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, you know, most athletes know that verse, right? And try to quote it again for their lucky rabbit foot, their, their lucky charm. Um, so I kept hearing all these verses. This was my favorite athletic verse. Do you not know that in a race, all, run, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Heck yeah, like Jesus, he's a fighter, right? right? Like verse 24, run in such a way as to get the prize. This is Paul, not Jesus. But everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So, you know, again, just Jesus cares about sports. This is awesome. I'm going to keep reading my Bible, right? This is great. He's going to make me a pro football player. So my, so I'll stay there. My junior, this is kind of through my testimony. My junior, my junior year in high school, I decided, you know what? I actually, I learned enough of the word, been discipled by a man who's a judge in town at that church that I went to who had the better looking girls. So I thought in the youth group and um, he asked me to be in a Bible study. And I'm like, well, heck yeah, I've been reading the Bible, you know, a chapter a night. It's cool. I'm finding all these verses that have to do with sports. And, you know, it's helping me be a better football player. And so Chuck asked me to be in this Bible study and started teaching me, okay, bro, like Jesus is the author and creator of life. Like he made you. Um, he doesn't need you. He, 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 can, he, can, he can crush you. He can bless you. He can curse you. Like he gives you life and breath and everything else. Um, you're not going to get him to wrap around your program. You know, don't stop. Football is an idol for you. So junior and senior year in high school was about me trying to figure out how do I, like I, this goal of playing pro football is in me deep. How do I do that and also follow Jesus? Um, and so that was a process. I did, hey, God, I want to surrender my life to you. I, I want to follow you. I want my life to be yours, not, not mine. I, do, I did believe that God, God made me. I believe that God made each of you. And just like, you know, no one has the same fingerprint. That God made you for you, for nobody else. Not measure yourself against anyone. That's, that's not his purpose. His purpose is to make you to be you. And how, how can you uniquely worship him? That's, you're, that's where you're going to get your satisfaction. That's where you're going to get um, your hope, your life. That's where you're going to be the real you is, is how, how can I orient my life around what, what my creator is doing in me and in the world. 
That's, I think that's our purpose. So I get to Furman. I had awesome coaches, um, a couple of them that were real godly men who wanted to see me grow in my faith, and a couple of teammates. And so my, I was redshirted as a freshman here and um, going. So spring football is kind of where you win your position. If you're redshirted, now I get to play football and I get to show them what I can do. And the, the all-conference senior linebacker, he graduated. So middle linebacker spot was wide open. And that was always my dream, right? So, hey, I'm, I got I to win this starting position. So the first, you get, back then, I don't know what the days are now, but you got 15 practices in 30 days. So, you know, if it was bad weather, they cancel and we go the next day or whatever. So 15 days of practice to prove. I'm, I, I'm the best middle linebacker on this team, um, and possibly I could start for four years. Well, the first five days I played like absolute garbage, just absolute garbage. And I'm still trying to read the Bible, trying to spend time in the Word, you know, because football's still an idol, right? I mean, most of the things you want most in your life, it's often an obstacle between your relationship with God. So what you need to do with that is I'm gonna t- I, I, need, I love football. I, this is what I want to do. I love music. What, what, fill in the blank, right? You, you're, you're educated people. You can understand to do that. So fill in the blank. Whatever it is you really want in your life. Oh, I want to I meet a girl and get married and settle down or what, whatever it is. You know, I give that to God. Surrender it to him. So he, he, he's, he can deal with it. Um, so I... I'm like, God, I, I want to win this starting position, and I'm playing terrible. Like, there's no way. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm consumed with what my coach is thinking about, you know, what I'm, how I'm playing after every play. I'm, like, looking over to see his reaction. I mean, it's, and it's obviously then it just snowballs, and you play worse and worse. So I, I bump into this verse, right? And, I, I mean, the Holy Spirit gives me this verse, but I, I'm thinking I bump into this verse. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So I would literally, I'm not a very complicated person, yellow sticky note. I wrote these two verses down. I put them, I can still in my mind's eye see my locker in Timmons and and it being, the sticky note being on my, you know, on my uh, shelf that I would lift up to grab my cleats. Last thing I saw when I went to practice field. So I would literally be in my linebacker stance at the start of the play. I'm playing for you, Lord. I'm not playing for Coach Wilson. I'm not playing for Coach Fowler. I don't, I'm, I'm not playing for a man. I'm playing for you. And it was amazing. I started crushing it. And that's obviously, listen, that's what happened to me. I'm not saying you, you start applying God's word. You know, if you want a Lamborghini, he's going to give you a Lamborghini. You know, I mean, that's not what this is. But it was, it was a way that God used to build my faith. And it was his graciousness to say, wow, like, I, I don't care anymore what my coaches think. And it's, I'm actually, and practically, like, I was free to play. Just play hard. I'm playing for the Lord. I'm not playing for men. So, um, went, for, went for two years. Um, well, started for four years. And he, he read some accomplishments. Um, What's nuts is I, I set a school record for consecutive starts. I started 50 straight games in middle linebacker. That means I didn't pull a hamstring. I didn't turn an ankle. I broke a finger. You can play through a finger. Like, that's, a, that's crazy if any of y'all don't play football. That's, that's, that doesn't happen. Um, so I, I start for four years, and I, I, um, was supposed to get, I was supposed to be a fifth to seventh round draft pick or a free agent, you know, so, okay, it's going to be the last day of the draft, the third day of the draft. So I basically didn't pay attention to the draft for the first two days and had an agent training, working out, all this stuff. Um, and 
Did not get drafted immediately. We had like 10 offers from teams, and my agent and I thought it would be best to sign with the Steelers. And that's where I uh, ran into this verse. So this is Jesus talking. And he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. So again, that's the genie in the bottle, right? Like, oh, just, uh, I got three wishes here, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wish on, and I'm going to rub on this bottle and poof, you know, my, my wishes will come through. But if, if, if you were, I was thinking incorrectly. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish it will be given you. So the point, what's the point of the verse? Remain in me and let my words remain in me. That's, that's my, I remain in Jesus and let his words remain in me. Right. That's that's the point of the verse. So uh, April. So my wife and I met here at Furman. This is a whole nother story um, about God's blessing and faithfulness. Um, we got married the summer before my uh, fifth year. She she graduated. We were the same class. She graduated, started teaching school. And I played my fifth year. And then we moved to train for all the NFL stuff. And we moved to Pittsburgh in April after the draft. And I'm living my dream. I mean, I'm wearing the Steelers uniform. I can, I'm like pinching myself walking out of practice. You know, Jerome Bettis was my locker mate. I'm quizzing him on Jerome Bettis, a Hall of Fame running back, if you don't know. And, you know, just quizzing him, how, you know, what's the NFL like and what, what should I be doing? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? You know, that stuff. But I'm praying this every day. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I, I prayed this so much. I'll, I'll have dementia if the Lord lets me live that long and I'll be able to quote this verse. So, but I'm praying, Lord, please just help me remain in you. I, I want to play pro football. Like, you know that. That's always been my goal. And I'm living my goal, but I want to make this team. And so, you know, five months, you know, cut, cut after cut after cut. You know, you start back then you started training camp in many camps with 85 people. And then they cut it down to 53 active roster. And back then there was five people that made a practice squad. So, um, you know, cut after cut. My roommate goes home, you know, in training camp gone you know cut after cut and Jerome was like he had it broken down it was amazing he was like hey rookie like you're, you're fighting for four spots and I could give you the math it's fascinating but he was like you 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 got four spots you're looking for that's the only four spots that are open on this whole roster and so I knew the math I knew it was long odds you know I hadn't been drafted but I'm praying this every day and it was amazing over the five months I make it to the last cut and playing all four preseason games and play well and um uh, get to the facility and Jerome is like, hey, you need to just hide. If they can't find you, they can't cut you. You know, <laughs> so he's making a joke. He's a funny dude. Um, and so got the call, uh, sitting in front of the general manager, hey, we're going we're gonna to cut you. We might send back then they had NFL Europe and they were still trying to figure out their practice squad. Uh, they didn't keep me for the practice squad. They uh, kept James Harrison. Have you ever heard that name? <laughs> I, think, I think they made the right decision. Funny story, my wife said, James Harrison, you need to Google James Harrison Super Bowl interception and touchdown if you don't know the play. It's the greatest play in Super Bowl history. My, it happened at the end of halftime, at the end of the first half. My mother-in-law calls me at halftime. And, and the Super Bowl is like a, like my children and wife know, like, hey, we're, we're watching the game. We're not going to a Super Bowl party. People don't watch the Super Bowl at Super Bowl parties. So we like, we're like into the game. And my, my mother-in-law calls me at halftime. I'm like, what about James Harrison? That should have been you. And I'm like, I know that never would have been me. That's why they cut me and they kept him, you know. But so anyway, 
John 15, 7, what was amazing, my mom had come up to Pittsburgh. We lived in Pittsburgh for five months at this point, and they put you up in an apartment. And, but then if you make the team, well, now your contract kicks in. And back then, I was going to make a couple hundred thousand dollars. And um, um, my, so my mom moves up to, to help me and my wife find a place, you know, if I make the team or help us move home if, if I get cut. So I call my wife and say, hey, I got cut. You know, I'm coming back and, you know, we'll, we'll start packing. So I get to the door and my mom and Tony, my wife, are, are in, they're, they're coming apart, crying, worried about me, you know, whatever. And it was amazing. Like, I had such a relief. I was done. And I have two older brothers and they were athletes, not in college, but were good athletes. And they were like, you're crazy. You made it the last cut. Like, what are you doing? Like Kurt Warner, if y'all seen the movie yet, it just came out. He, he had just had his thing where he was stocking groceries and he made, made the Rams practice squad. And, you know, it's a crazy story. You ought to go see the movie if you hadn't seen it. But he's a strong Christian. But they're like, Kurt Warner, man, like, you know, you were so close. And I was like, I, I'm done. Like, I had remained in Jesus and his words had remained in me. And it was amazing how over those five months, I went from, God, please let me make this team. This is my dream. I'm living my dream. To the end of it, like the last week, I was like, Lord, I'll play in the NFL if you want me to. But I think I'm done. Like, that's amazing. That I, and I've never, it was so gracious of God to let me get inside the walls of the NFL and, and realize that, that actually, I'm good. I think I've played enough football. I'm, I'm ready. I literally told my wife, I'm just ready to go get a job. Like, I'm, I hope I never see another weight room again. And, and I've, I've yet, I haven't lived to wait since. Been, I mean, that was 2002, so uh, 20 years ago. So uh, Psalm 37.4, kind of another verse where you can read it the wrong way. This is one of my life verses. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, right, he's my genie in a bottle, right? Just rub on that bottle, and he'll give me my wishes. No, it's delight in the Lord. The, the purpose is take delight in the Lord. He is your delight. He, he, is, he is your light. He is your life. He's your, he's your source of life and satisfaction. And he will give you the desires of your heart. And I have, I have seen where in my life, in my 42 years now, that when I delight in the Lord, he either gives me what I want because my, my desires are pure or he changes my desires and leads me in another direction. Like if you'll give it, if you'll hold on to your life loosely. I mean, hopefully, like COVID has taught us, like, I don't know. I mean, you know, y'all are young and healthy, so you should be all right. But, you know, there's some stories out there. I mean, we need to hold on to our life loosely. We need to hold on to our relationships loosely. My, my wife is my absolute best friend. We've been married 21. It'll be 21 years in June. I'm, I'm blown away by God's goodness in that woman. Like, I can't believe he gave her to me. But she could get in a car accident tomorrow, right? She can't be my life. She can't be my source of life. It's too much for her. Nobody can be that, you know? And so I have to hold it loosely. I have to be grateful. I can delight in her and appreciate her and love her, but I'm, my, I, my source of life has to be the Lord. This is um, Proverbs 31, Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. Guys, you need to memorize this so you know what you're looking for. Ladies, you need to memorize this so you know who you need to be. And so if you've heard of the Proverbs 31 woman, has everybody heard of that? Is that something that's common? No. All right. Some are nodding. So here's the, the gist of it. 
is a wife of noble character who can shine, who can find she's worth far more than rubies. You can substitute a husband of noble character who can find he's worth far more than rubies. Like this, that is, that is truth that having, having someone who is of noble character as your, as your spouse, if you desire to be married is, is an amazing thing. Um, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. So if I go broke, I lack nothing of value. I'm telling you, because I'm married to a woman of noble character. So basically you can sum up 13 through 16, 17, 18, 19, she, basically she works her tail off. When it snows, she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet because she's been working her butt off, all right? She makes coverings for her bed. I mean, she's, she's trading, she's a businesswoman, she's awesome. And I, I married this woman. So her husband is respected at the city gate and he's respected the city gate because of her. She makes linen garments, so she, that's her business part of it. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Like we, you know, my wife and I own businesses and we, 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 we are, you know, it's primarily real estate, large amount of debt and wheeling and dealing. And I mean, if, if my wife laughs at the days to come, like, and the freedom that gives me as a business person to take risk, because as long as we're like together and our four kids are, you know, under our roof, she doesn't care. Um, she speaks with wisdom. She watches the affairs. Her children arise and call her blessed. My, I mean, every now and then with, you know, my children, they disrespect her and I have to let them know that ain't happening in my home. I chose my wife, right? I didn't choose my kids. <laughs> I chose, I chose her. God gave me you, but I chose her. Right? <laughs> you better get your butt in line. So <clears throat> many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is, this is women, men, listen to this. Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I mean, I, I bet there are girls on this campus that are putting Botox in their forehead. That is a lost cause, people. I mean, I'm begging, you know, all my wife's friends coloring their hair because they're going gray, right? I'm like, babe, I don't want that, that crap. I don't want to be, I'm, you know, I'm married to a trophy wife. I don't need you to color your hair and look, I'm going gray. I don't want her to look 15, 20 years younger than me. Um, honor, her, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise to the city gate. This is kind of an offshoot of what I want to tell you about dating. Like I'm, you know, Finding a wife is an awesome thing. Finding a husband is an awesome thing. I mean, but if you read the scripture, you know, Paul says it's better that you be single. Like if you want to be kingdom minded and serve Jesus, you're not distracted. I, I mean, listen, man, I'm, I had to make sure my schedule was fine to come and do this, right? I mean, because I, hey, sweetheart, what, what we got going on that day? What's the kids doing? I mean, you know, I have other things pulling me away. So don't make marriage an idol. I mean, give if, you, if marriage is something you desire, give it to God and, and see what he does with it. Trust him with it because you, you want this kind of spouse. You don't, you don't want the opposite. And the last thing you want is divorce. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the pain you will experience being in a bad marriage. So if, if you're dating right now and there's a bunch of arguing going on, it might be a sin thing with you. Usually if you're frustrated about something, usually it has more to do with you than the other person. I mean, I think that's God's desire for us is instead of, you know, take, take the speck out of your own eye 
instead of worrying about, or take the log out of your own eye, actually, it says, instead of the speck in your, you know, neighbors. And, you know, Jesus, remember the story of Jesus? He, um, the woman at the well um, says, or, the, or excuse me, um, a woman was caught, um, at, you know, in another man's home, caught in an adultery situation. And, and in those days, they could stone her. And so, so they, dra- they drag her in front of leaders in the town, and Jesus is there. And they say, Jesus, we just found her in another man's bed. You know, let's stone her. And he goes, hey, whoever's without sin, throw the first stone. Yeah, they slowly, like, saunter away. You know, Jesus, I mean, Jesus wants you to worry about your sin, not fixing somebody else. So maybe the, if, you, if you're in a relationship and y'all are arguing a bunch, maybe the problem is you. And I would challenge you to say, you know, the problem is me. I am a sinner. So you, you bring something to the issues, issues y'all have. So, you know, work on yourself. But guys, I hate to tell you, I know Furman's a hard school, okay? But you're in college. I mean, you think life's going to get easier? So if you're arguing and having relational problems now, like throw a mortgage in the relationship. Throw, I mean, I remember the first time when my dad turned my insurance payment over to me because I got payment. I'm like, car insurance? What are you talking about? $100 a month? Holy cow, what? Yeah, son, you think I'm going to, you're married now. You think I'm going to pay for this? I was 21, young and dumb, you know, young and in love. Like if you think life is only going to get harder, so if y'all are having relational issues now and a lot of friction now, unless you can like quickly repent and say, Lord, I'm a mess. Like I need to, you know, person I'm dating, please forgive me. I need to work on this. This is about something I'm worried about or trying to control you or whatever. Maybe it can be quickly fixed. If it can't be quickly fixed, break up. Like you shouldn't be arguing. It really shouldn't be that hard. But so much of us make marriage an idol, you know, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, I'm, I, 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 there's no words to describe my marriage, how amazing it is. I'm not down on marriage, but the last thing I want is for y'all to get in bad marriages. That's brutal. That is no way to live. Um, this, this is one of my favorite verses. The kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus. Short, shortest parable you ever, and I'm not that smart. So one verse, it's my favorite parable. Shortest parable uh, Jesus ever told. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, that strikes me, in his joy, he went and sold all he had and he bought that field. Think about that. A man's walking by, I tell my children this story all the time. I mean, a, a man's walking in the field and he finds a treasure and he races off in joy. He's laughing. He can't believe it. He struck gold. He's so jacked up. He goes and sells everything he has. And he comes back and he buys the field. Why does he do that? So that the treasure can be his, right? Jesus is saying, I'm the treasure. In your joy, everything sold to me. Everything. Loosely. Jesus, take it. Like whatever, whatever my life, whatever it is that you have for me. That, that's his desire for us. It's actually his command for us. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hit. Oh, no. That's, that's not Luke 14, 33. Luke 14, 33 is, that's Matthew, um, is, oh gosh. Any of, you, any of you who wishes to be my disciple must deny himself 
Is that deny himself, take up his cross and follow me? Is that Ben? All right, thank you. So deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. That's crazy talk. Crazy talk. Any of you who wishes to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, take up burdens and follow me. Like, Jesus is either a lunatic because he's asking people to sell themselves, their life, their goals, their dreams, their family. I mean, do you read, read, read the book of John? Who is my brother? Who is my, who is my sister? You know, you know he, he totally, I mean, he, he tries to take care of his mother when he's hanging on the cross and say, he says, this is, this is your son. This is your, you know, hey, take care of my, my mom. But Jesus is, if Jesus, Jesus is either the king of the universe, the God, the creator, the savior of the world, or he's an idiot, crazy lunatic who we need to ignore. And I think that's what you need to challenge yourself with is, do, is Jesus just my genie in a bottle and I have all these dreams and goals for myself and I want to, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to make him get, in, get with my program or am I willing to hold everything loosely and say, hey, God, this is, this is what I want. I mean, he knows you. He made you. You can't hide. Don't, don't sweep it under the rug and think you're hiding from him, you know, like you can't. You can't. He knows your thoughts, your every thought. You know, he puts you together. So, like, to, to hide it from him is really ridiculous. If, if he is who he says he is, so I challenge you to give it to him. Like, say, hey, for me, it was football. You know, God, I, I, I want to play in the NFL. This is what I want to do. I, and, and over and over, like, he, he kept drawing me to himself, drawing me to himself. I'm enough for you. I'm better than football. I'm, you know, and it's been amazing how, how that is so true. So, um, that's it. Um, so, that's my challenge to you. Spend time, spend time in the word. And like my 16 year old, he's trying to follow Jesus now. And, you know, he's getting frustrated. Well, God, man, I'm, I mean, I'm reading the Bible every night before I go to bed. I read it in the morning. And, I, he's like, and, I'm, you know, and then he says, I'm starving, Dale. You give me something to eat. And that's how he's always starving. And he's like, I don't get it. Nothing's working out for me. I played like crap last night, you know. And it's like he wants, he wants that. I'll show you him. He's a total meathead. This, this kid, he's amazing. So, so that like, he's just, brick, I'm like, hey, buddy, it's brick by brick. Like, you just keep reading the word. Keep giving like your thoughts to him. Keep giving your every, every desire to him. Um, and he'll work it out. Like he'll, he'll, he'll delight in him and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Remain in him and, and you know, he'll, He'll give you what you wish for. So anyway, all right, that's it. Um, let, me, let me pray. And then y'all have anything after this? Or? Oh, awesome. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We pray. Uh, I, I pray for these guys. I pray for myself that we would remain in you. Um, you are good. You made us perfectly. You didn't make mistakes. And God, you have desires for us. And you have things to show us. And um, you, there is... Um, freedom in you to just be ourselves because you you made the perfect us you know you know when we're following you that we're who exactly who we're supposed to be and so i pray you would be with these these college students may they lay their life down to you and hold it hold it open in front of you and let you show let let that i pray that you would show them show yourself to them i know that you will and i ask these things through jesus amen